are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Look at me in verse number one this morning, and verse number two we'll read and follow along as I read. The Bible says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Again, the Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. This morning, I'm going to preach a message to you on the subject of this, the cause for glad service. The cause or the motivation for glad service. Could we pray once again? Father, we thank you for this time that you've given us. We thank you for an opportunity, Lord, to preach this morning. We thank you for the wonderful song service. And Lord, how it moved our hearts. And I pray that you might have received it as worship that is, that is acceptable in your sight. Lord, I pray that you'd bless as the Word of God is preached and read. Help us to give attention to the Holy Spirit as He speaks to our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The theme of our church this year is is serving the Lord. And as I thought about that theme and the opportunity to preach in church this morning, the Lord brought this message and this passage to my heart concerning this truth here uh, that God gives us. And that is the fact this morning that service that we do for the Lord, it must be. It, it has to be from our heart. If our, if our service for the Lord comes from any other source, our service eventually ceases. This morning we understand as God's people, we do not serve God to please man. We do not serve God to get to heaven. We serve God because we're going to heaven. This morning we don't serve God, and I pray that you would never serve God to make a spouse happy. Oh, how many times you find as you, as you work with people and as you minister to people, many people are serving God to make a spouse happy. Many people are serving God sometimes to get a, a parent to quit asking them to do something, to quit serving God. But this morning, God tells us in his word here that our service done to him should be done with what? With gladness. Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness. That word serve there is emphatic, and it's something that is very, it is a, it is a strong statement. It's a, it's a firm statement. It is a, it is a declaration. It is imperative that we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Oh, but this morning you'll know, and I know from my experience, and you know from your experience, that when our service is not from the heart, it's difficult to give glad service. We get disgruntled. We aren't recognized like we thought we should have been. We get a bad spirit about us because of that, because of all those things. When it is not from the heart, glad service is not from the heart. This morning, whether you serve the Lord in a bus ministry, a Sunday school ministry, maybe the music ministry, ushering, teaching, preaching, soul winning, groundskeeping, whatever it might be, God intends our service to be done with gladness. And praise God for a church this morning and a pastor that has exemplified glad service for the last 44 years. Praise God for that testimony, that example that is not only a testimony here in Santa Clara, but it really, it is a testimony around the world. Now, glad service is not always easy. The road is not always roses. The circumstances of life 
don't, aren't, aren't always conducive and they, they don't always dictate themselves that we would serve God with gladness. But the Bible says, nevertheless, the command is still in the Bible to serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. And that's not something we're to just sit and say, well, I guess, I guess since the Bible says it, I guess I'm just going to have to serve the Lord with gladness. I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, that command, that imperative has been done. It's been done through all out the history of God's people over and over and over not just gritting your teeth and doing it, but done and accomplished the way God planned it to be. Look at me what the Bible says there in verse number two. Look at this invitation. The Bible says, come. In my Bible, and I believe it's in the book of Matthew, I've highlighted all the places where Jesus said, come unto me. You'd be surprised how many places Jesus gives an invitation to come. But he says here, come, before his presence with singing. Can you imagine this morning that invitation to the presence of the Lord? The, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, invites us to come into his presence and to do what? And the Bible says, and to sing. Whether you can sing or not, Brother Alvin, he says to come into his presence with singing. When I listen to Brother Alvin sing, I think I can sing like that until I try to sing like that. But he says, come into his presence with singing. Can I tell you this morning that Calvary changed all of that? Because of Calvary, we can boldly come before the throne of grace. Because of Calvary, we can come into his presence. Because of Calvary, we can have a song on our heart. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. So in the psalm here, we're given an understanding that when we are presented with an opportunity for service, it ought to be looked forward to with great anticipation and gladness. Let me give you the cause this morning for glad service that we find in Psalm 100. The Bible says in verse number three, notice with me if you would, the Bible says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What is a cause? What is a motivator for you and I to have glad service? We find number one this morning, a realization of our creator. Verse number three offends a lot of people in this world today. There are some things as God's people this morning, those of you who know that Christ is your Savior, who us that desire to serve God, there are some things that we had better know. There are some things that we had to better live in if we will ever achieve glad service. And that is the fact that the Bible says the Lord is God Amen. and Jesus is God. That means he's in control. That means he's the creator. That means he's our creator. He's your creator. There are no self-made men. There are no self-made women. Where the theory of evolution fails miserably when compared to the facts of nature and history and the word of God. There's no such thing as a spontaneously generated man. Everything we do as God's people needs to begin with that foundational truth that God is my creator. He is in charge of my life. Oh, he's in control. The Bible says in Colossians 3, 16, for by him were all things created before all things and by him all things consist. As a New Testament Christian, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says we are his workmanship. That's possessive. We belong to him. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Boy, the world today bristles at the fact and at the idea of being, being owned and, and belonging to someone else. 
You can't tell me what to do. You can't, you can't control my life. Well, the Bible says I'm his workmanship. The Bible says he created me for his purpose. Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11, the Bible talks about all things were by him and for him created for his pleasure. So the purpose of the life of every saved, listen, born-again believer is to find a church home and get in a place of service. Why? Because he created me. He's in control of me. We are saved for his service. And can I tell you this morning, you will never be satisfied until you submit to that realization and live in light of the fact that the Lord is God. And he created you and saved you for his purpose. When I was 18 years old and 19 years old, I graduated from high school. And I had enrolled in the local university there to study mechanical engineering. And throughout that first semester, God began to work on my heart. And it was an admissions conference in that second semester in March in my home church there that God impressed upon my heart that it didn't matter what I did in this world. It didn't matter what kind of house I had. It didn't matter what kind of car I drove. All that would matter one day is what I had done for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one of us in here this morning have to come to that place where we understand and where we submit to that truth that he's God, that he's my creator, and he saved me for that purpose. So notice the psalmist also says, verse number three, we are the sheep of his pasture. Oh, David knew something about shepherding sheep. David was that young boy that was out there in his father's sheep that was that faithfully attended and tended to his father's sheep. David fed them and David cared for them. David protected them from the lion and from the bear that would, that would do them harm and do them damage. But I want to tell you also this morning, David knew something about shepherding people. The Bible talks about that he was a shepherd to God's people, Israel, that he led them in and out of safe pastures, that he led them in and out of battle. But also David knew something about his shepherd. Psalm 23. I believe David is saying, in spite of me knowing about sheep, in spite of me knowing how to shepherd people, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, David had a wonderful testimony and a wonderful example, as you and I do, of what God is for us. So the Bible says there is his people. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. That means as my creator, I breathe his air. I eat his grass. I, 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 I flourish off of his provision. He leads us and he guides us where's best for us. But when we're not right with him, that feels constraining to the Christian. They don't like to be led in a, in a, in a group. They don't like for God to say, go here, and they've got to go here. They don't like for God to say, stop, and we've got to stop. That, that feels constraining for a, for a child of God who's not right with God. Oh, but for a child of God who's walking with God, and as we looked at in Sunday school this morning in our class, a child of God that has fellowship with God, that's very comforting to know the Lord is my shepherd, that he's in control, that he's leading, that I can come to him with my burdens and my trials. Please listen to me this morning. If you're bearing... All your burdens on your shoulders, you're bearing a load that your shepherd never intended for you to bear. Now that doesn't mean you go and load it on someone else. That means casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. In reality, this morning, there might be people that you find in your life that frankly do not care about what is going on. Maybe you go home to a spouse this morning that simply would not come to church 
You go home and you might find yourself in a place or in a family or in a situation in school or in college or what it might be, and people simply do not care about you. Job said, no man careth for my soul. But can I remind you this morning that Jesus cares. And as a shepherd in John chapter number 10, our Savior is not a hireling. He doesn't run away when the trouble comes. He doesn't run away when the pressure's there and the, the, the trials get deep. The Bible says he's not a hireling. Jesus gladly gives his life for his sheep. You see, the cause of glad service, what motivates me, what ought to motivate you to glad service is the realization of my creator. He's my shepherd. But look secondly with me in verse number four. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. If you and I will ever have glad service, we must learn to be thankful to God. We live in a world today that is so unthankful and so ungrateful. Yet you and I as well too many times. We look at the children of Israel, and we look at, throughout the book of Exodus and Numbers, and we say, how could, they, how could they be so ungrateful? I mean, after all, the first time they begin grumbling and complaining, it's about six weeks outside of the Red Sea. Yeah, right. But how many of you and I wait six weeks to grumble and complain? Usually it's a daily basis. Oh, how unthankful we are so many times. The world today expects a lot, but they want to give very little. This summer we were passing through Mississippi. And thank the Lord it was just passing through. We were passing through Mississippi and stayed with my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, and they may be watching this afternoon, but she had a, a plaque in her kitchen that said, expect nothing, be thankful for everything. Amen. How often we fail there. You know the time when you get your feelings hurt, when I get my feelings hurt? You know the time when you get offended or I get offended about something? It's usually because I expected something. I had expectations and they were not delivered upon. I wanted someone to do something for me. I wanted someone to recognize me in some way, but it was not fulfilled. And we've gotten to a place as a society where we expect food, clothing, shelter, and a cell phone and nothing for it. By the way, the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. It begins with a whole litany of sins, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters. But it begins ending with this understanding here of unthankful. Unthankfulness has been a contributing factor in the perilous condition we find in our world today. God said it's a hallmark of the last days and it will grow more and more and more prevalent until Jesus comes again. Unthankfulness is why children can take the life of their parents and vice versa and, and, and think nothing of it. We're living in perilous days and Jesus this morning is the answer. It's not more drugs, it's not more programs. Jesus is the answer. So most people would agree this, we're living in perilous times. People say in moving to California, people say, What's well, dangerous? It's perilous. That's going on, that's going on. There's earthquakes, there's shootings, there's all kinds of things. Two and a half hours from our home in Southern Springs, Texas, 21 people were killed in a small country church when someone went in there and shot up the place. We're living in perilous days, and it's all over the world. But most people would not acknowledge that unthankful hearts 
has a lot to do with it. But you begin to take a young man and you begin to take a young woman who are not thankful for what they've been given in a home, in a family, with a local New Testament church, whatever it might be, they can begin to get in a place where their heart, they will, will, where they will not think twice about taking another life. People in this world today, they hate and they murder and they're angry because of unthankfulness. Thankfulness to God is, ought to be viewed by you and I this morning, a child of God, as a Christian, as a great privilege. Why? Because thankfulness to God signifies that, that He is the benefactor and I'm the beneficiary. That all that I have is coming from Him, and it ought to be a great privilege this morning to say, I am thankful to God and practice that, to serve the Lord with gladness because of gratitude. Oh, would you pause for a moment this morning and think what your life would look like without Calvary. Without Calvary. There's no way if you're saved and you consider Christ, as Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, that it doesn't bring gladness in your heart to serve Him more and to serve Him better. But the problem is, is because of our flesh. Complaining is easiest. Complaining is what is, is what is natural. Someone once said, unthankfulness is the seed of all sin. Unthankfulness is a seed of all sin. But a remembrance of all our blessings is a cause for glad service. You can't possibly thank God for all he's done for you and then serve him complaining and serve him grumbling. Look at me, number, verse number five, number three we see this morning. We find a recognition of eternal truth. Brother Bertram read this and emphasized it. The Bible says, for the Lord is good. Amen. We find in a world today there is a, a saying, but I'm afraid it's, it's used so often we miss the truth of it. There's that saying where someone says, God is good, and someone else says all the time, God is good, something of that nature. But I think it's become where it's, it's common to say that, and so common, we forget the truth behind that. God is good, the Bible says. Verse 5, for the Lord is good, His mercy endureth, or His mercy is everlasting, His truth endureth to all generations. I'm so glad this morning that our God is not fickle. He's a faithful God from generation to generation. This morning, it doesn't matter what your family background is. It doesn't matter what your culture is. It doesn't matter where you call home. God is a faithful God. In fact, His faithfulness has no end. Well, a lot of times, you and I this morning, we are faithful until. Faithful until we maybe find someone else to do what we were doing. Faithful until we finish that part of the job. Faithful until we get offended. Faithful until uh, someone doesn't recognize it. We are faithful until, but I remind you this morning that God has no until. He's faithful. You can put a period there. His person is eternal. There's never been and there never will be a time when God is not. And so because of that, I can serve him with gladness. He's good. So many times we talk about so-and-so being a good person and and uh, boy, we wish this wouldn't have had to happen to so-and-so because they were, they were innocent and they were good. But it kind of reminds you this morning, God is the only one that is good. And any goodness that is about our life, it's all, of, it's all of his righteousness. It's all of his goodness. His righteousness was all that God required for my salvation. And his righteousness was the only thing that could pay for my salvation. His person is eternal, but his word is eternal. John 17, 17 says, thy word is is truth. I can serve him with gladness because of what he said about all the things that we find in the Bible. What he said about him, let's say a thousand years ago, are still what he thinks about him today. His, his word is eternal. 
This book has not changed with the times, and I'm glad for that, but it's also still more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. What worked for a family to have a godly family tomorrow, yesterday, still works for you and I today. The same thing that worked to raise godly children and raise the next generation to serve God yesterday is still the same thing that works today and tomorrow. Why? Because His Word is eternal. And then we see His salvation mercy is eternal. His mercy, the Bible says, is everlasting. If you're lost this morning and without Christ, I want to tell you this morning that He has mercy enough to save you. Mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Oh, without God's mercy this morning, every single one of us would be doomed and destined for an eternity in a place called the lake of fire. But because of God's mercy and His grace. His mercy this morning, though it is everlasting, it's only available to those that would come to Him in faith, acknowledging their sin and trusting Him to be their Savior. We'll have a time of invitation this morning if you are here and you don't know Christ as your Savior. There'll be workers here and we would be honored if you would come and allow us to show you from the Word of God how that you can be saved. How that, how that mercy and grace could be applied to your account. And the salvation, by the way, the salvation of the Bible is not a salvation for a time or a season until you mess up or until you sin again. It's not, it's not a probation period. What does the Bible say? The mercy of God is everlasting. It's eternal. This morning, if you're here and you're serving, but could we say, not with gladness. You are missing what God desires of how he intended this thing of the Christian life to be. That joy can return, the Bible tells us here in Psalm 100. He said, how does it return? With a realization of your creator. Let's, let's be reminded, let's get a clear understanding this morning of who is our creator, of, of, of who's in charge. Of, of what he created, what, what he saved us for, who, whom belongs to who. We're made to bring him glory, a remembrance of all your blessings. Oh, how this morning unthankful hearts can rob us of the joy and the gladness of serving Jesus. And then a recognition of eternal truth that he is eternal, his salvation is eternal, and his mercy is everlasting. Maybe this morning you've not even begun serving how or to the degree that you should be. Again, this is our second Sunday here, but all throughout this year, needs have been brought up. Needs have been mentioned. The bus ministry, bus drivers, shuttle parking, ushering, whatever it might be, Sunday school teachers, whatever it might be. Over the last several weeks and years, needs and have been mentioned in several opportunities and aspects where there's opportunities to get in, involved in serving the Lord. And I thought about this as I was studying this this morning and think about it even more. I don't know how many are here this morning. It's a wonderful crowd. But what if, what if every single person took a step from wherever you were in your service to God and took one step bigger to serve Him more? Wow. Praise the Lord. Doing everything you can, but maybe not coming to men's prayer meeting. Take a step and come to men's prayer meeting. Doing everything you can, maybe teaching a Sunday school class, maybe singing in the choir, doing everything you can, but maybe not parking where you ought to park. Take a step. Maybe doing everything, what if, what if every single person, and every step for every person is going to be different. Every person is different on their, on their walk with the Lord. But what if every single person took one step closer to serving the Lord with gladness? 
Why don't you surrender to that this morning with gladness to be a part of all that God wants to do through you. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.